Welcome to Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. Do you sometimes feel alone in life with personal and interpersonal struggles and challenges? We'll show you that you are not alone and that you can learn and thrive from your challenges and thereby live a healthy life. Now, here is your host, Dr. Vadisha Patel. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel. As many of you know, I'm a licensed mental health therapist working in Florida in the United States. In my practice, I see lots of children, young adults, and women with an array of challenges. And when I initially work with somebody, I like to learn everything I can about them. You might wonder why someone's family situation would make a difference in talking to them about career aspirations and goals, or where a child slept the previous night might impact test anxiety on a particular day. Well, in my practice, I'm interested in the whole person. I firmly believe that our social and emotional health is inextricably tied to every facet of our lives. So it's important to understand what else is going on in a person's life in order to be able to help them affect the change for which they've come to see me. And included in that is knowing about the person's medical history. So today, we're going to talk about just that aspect of well-being, the medical side, but in a holistic sense, functional integrative medicine. I had heard the term before, but I never really knew what it was. And I've learned that it is a biology-based system approach to determining the root causes of illness. And to help us truly understand it, because that is a very superficial definition, I'm pleased to have Dr. Shilpa Saxena on the show today. Dr. Saxena is a board-certified family physician. She's also on faculty with the Institute for Functional Medicine, a fellow and guest faculty of the Arizona Center for Integrative Medicine, on the faculty with George Washington University's Metabolic Medicine Institute and a volunteer assistant professor of family medicine and community health at the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine. Dr. Saxena is focused on the whole patient and looking for and treating root causes of illness. Welcome to the show, Dr. Saxena. Thank you, Dr. Patel. I'm very excited to be able to share and inform in the same way that you are so people have an expanded understanding of their options towards better health and well-being. Wonderful. So I'd like to start literally at the basics because, as I said, I did not know the definition. I had not really heard too much about functional medicine. So can you start us off by telling us what it is? Absolutely. So first I would say that functional medicine is taught uh, by numerous uh, organizations, but there are some major overlapping definitions of what it is. So functional medicine first is very concerned with understanding how and why an illness develops versus just diagnosing it by name. So we're very much interested, as you mentioned, about addressing the root cause of the disease and understanding that one person's depression, for example, can be caused by two or three unique factors, whereas another person's depression can be caused by another set of root cause variables. And so we don't, in functional medicine, apply, for lack of a better phrase, a pill for every ill. And the goal is, is to, again, identify what things 
set a person up to have a specific set of symptoms or a specific disease diagnosis, then what are the things that seem to trigger it on? And what are the things that continually feed it, like kind of low-level fuel the condition, which is different than the trigger, which is what actually pushes it over the edge and, you know, results in the actual migraine, let's say, for example. So we're very interested in the how and the why the illness occurs. That sounds just similar to the way that I approach the, my mental health process and my practice. So um, I'm curious because you were trained as an allopathic medical doctor initially. How did you come about finding functional medicine? You know, I'm very similar to you. I am very much interested in total well-being, not just having you know, some degree of control of a specific disease by looking at a lab report or an x-ray. So when I opened my medical practice here in the Florida Tampa Bay area 15 years ago, I was set on using prevention as a big portion of my family medicine uh, strategy and model of care. What I am very big on, which is another key aspect of functional medicine, is a therapeutic relationship between myself and the patient. So it is not a a patriarchal kind of hierarchical relationship with the patient. It's very much a partnership. And when a patient comes to feel and understand that the doctor is partnering, if anything, as lower on the hierarchy and trying to empower the patient, they're much more open to volunteer to volunteer up information like, oh, I take these supplements. And what I found very quickly was many people are taking supplements, and I, as an allopathic physician, was not trained in any of it. And so I thought my duty was to understand them more in order to counsel uh, wisely. So this is how I started Okay, so so you started um, looking into the supplements, and it's actually obviously you're very open-minded because I know a lot of allopathic physicians who who hear that their patients are taking supplements and frequently disregard the fact that they're taking the supplements or suggest to them that they are not helpful. So I'm very pleased to hear that this is how you started by by curiosity so as you researched them how where did your road go from there well i would say that there was this desire of curiosity and scientific inquiry i do not think from the seat of ignorance you can tell someone they should or shouldn't do something so for instance if someone told me that they were getting benefits from using a fish oil for XYZ condition, I would look up on uh, NIH's PubMed website, you know, articles that support this. Now, again, I wasn't trained in this, but I was trained on how to um, evaluate and critically evaluate research articles, and there were plenty on this particular supplement or on probiotics. And what I found was that many of my patients had done proper due diligence in order to uh, evaluate whether or not this specific supplement would be good for them. So what happened is is that that just led into more formal training, CME, um, accredited training to be specific. Uh, I went to the University of Arizona to get a fellowship, 
and I've been certified with the Institute for Functional Medicine, who incidentally has a clinic or an institute at Cleveland Clinic. So I really wanted to partner with organizations that had a credible evidence-based strategy for evaluating these non-pharmaceutical options. And in my opinion, to ignore that people are taking these or to just say no uh, invalidates a therapeutic partnership for many of my patients. It's, it's kind of like we're unwilling to listen to what they think is working or could work. And I, I just don't think that makes for a successful outcome in general. Well, I would agree with you. I think um, it is all about something you started to say earlier about starting that therapeutic relationship. We find it in mental health as well that um, in helping people effect any kind of change, it's important to establish a relationship and build trust. And with that comes a two-way sense of trust and an a, an ability and an obligation to listen. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that is important. But I uh, do you think that there is, it's just part of the training of allopathic physicians that that up until now, they they haven't necessarily been as open and I'm it's a generality I know so there are obviously people who are open just as you are but do you think that was just part of the training when you were in medical school I think, I think what happened was you know modern medicine although we have to remember this is very modern compared to some of the ancient traditions of healing modalities like traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurvedic medicine. So modern medicine was born out of a desire and a need to handle acute diseases like infections and trauma. And so this kind of quick diagnosis, quick therapy, quick, you know, magic bullet antibiotic or magic bullet procedure strategy worked fine. When people, you know, 100, 200 years ago, by default were eating organic, by default were exercising and moving, by default were sleeping, and by default had much less perceived stress than we do right now. So the chronic complex disease epidemics were not in play when the original design for modern medicine was configured. The problem is, is that over the last 50 to 70 years, lifestyle practices have changed dramatically. The, you know, how we move, how we eat, how we sleep, how we manage our stress has changed this epigenetic signals in our body, meaning how our behaviors influence which genes get turned on and off. And so we're still applying the magic bullet strategy, and it's taking a slow but steady bit of science to help doctors in the allopathic world realize you can't keep doing kind of the Band-Aid or wounded, uh, you know, patient strategy anymore because it's not an acute illness that will take them down. It's a slow, smoldering, inflammatory cause that needs to be corrected. And, and pills are not good for that. Right. So this is, this is almost going back and revisiting the ancient traditions. Is, is, that, is that correct? In some, is there influence of the Chinese medicine or the Ayurvedic? Does that fall into functional medicine? Or is it related uh, to not it? specifically. I would tell you that an integrative physician or an integrative medicine approach is integrating allopathy 
with something like traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurveda or chiropractic. So something integrating allopathic and something non-allopathic. Functional medicine absolutely um, employs the principles of traditional systems like the ones that were used in China and India, but it is 100% based in the same exact evidence-based science that allopathic medicine has built itself upon. It's just that the focus in functional medicine is using that same understanding of physiology and pathology and looking at the cause versus using the science to diagnose the effect. Okay, so so actually, so f- there's allopathic medicine, then there's functional, and then there's functional integrative, which is the blending of the two. Has, is that a better um, So there's functional, and then there's integrative. I happen to be both, so I'm functional integrative um, because you can, I integrate functional medicine, which has a strong naturopathic um, foundation, to its principles, and when I incorporate naturopathy, some elements of Ayurveda, some elements of traditional Chinese medicine, like I use Chinese herbs to help women with GYN issues, or um, I might use some traditional Chinese herbs for mental health conditions, I'm being an integrated physician, but I'm using a functional medicine approach to using it to address the how and the why. So you might find someone who's a purely integrated physician who did allopathic, let's say, um, physical medicine and rehabilitation training. Okay, so your PMNR doctor who then also takes a course in acupuncture for pain management. So that person would be an integrative physician because they're integrating both allopathy and this Eastern modality. But they wouldn't be considered functional medicine. Functional medicine is specifically using evidence-based science to evaluate the how and why an illness occurs, and then using lifestyle and evidence-based dietary supplements and therapies to reverse or to modify and, and create balance from those factors that cause the illness or the symptom. which may be Ayurvedic, which may be traditional Chinese medicine. Right. So you can draw on a a lot of different types of medicine um, in your practice. But now, when you first came to this, this functional integrative field, was it through, did I read it correctly on your website? Was it through a personal experience of work of your own medical history? Yeah, so I have been, um, I have done a TEDx talk, which is on my uh, website as well, too, that describes this in further detail. But many people who go into functional and integrative medicine as providers have had their own personal kind of questioning of the allopathic model because they themselves have had a condition. So for me, I have had a long history of allergies. I developed asthma. I had solar urticaria, meaning I broke out in hives. If I was in the sun too long, like on a boat or rollerblading in Florida, which which is common, 
Um, and then I was diagnosed as pre-diabetic at age 21 during med school when my lifestyle factors changed quite a bit. But I didn't know. I just blamed it on the genes that I had that seemed to be very, you know, strong for diabetes. And then at age 26, I was diagnosed with PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. And mm-hmm. at that point, I was told that I, you know, I was had infertility uh, issues. And, you know, uh, with any woman who really wants to start a family who then has to be told, especially somebody like myself who's kind of a perfectionist, overachiever, ambitious kind of woman, that, oh, you might not be able to have children, I just realized I don't get it. My entire workup, they can't figure out why this is happening to me or how it's occurring. And so it made me question um, the completeness of the allopathic approach. So when I, I went through the conventional course being a reproductive endocrinologist and went through all those motions, and, you know, I'm very blessed to have two children, but... Yeah. In the back of my mind, I still had five diseases in the sense that, oh, I'll get diabetes soon. And, and so when my patients started telling me about how they could reverse disease with these approaches, it was very intriguing to me because to be in my early 30s with five to six diseases, I, I wasn't too proud of that. Right, so I'm going to actually interrupt you here. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we're going to a commercial, we have to go to a commercial break. So I'd love for you to continue that story. So please stay tuned, everybody. We're talking about functional medicine and a holistic approach to health. If you have questions, you can email me at Dr. Vidisha Patel at drv4kids at yahoo.com and we'll be right back. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Dr. Vadisha Patel is a licensed mental health counselor working at Peace of Heart LLC in Sarasota, Florida. Peace of Heart offers individual counseling with children and adults, as well as programs in stress reduction. Dr. Patel utilizes a relationship-based approach to treatment. She is currently accepting new patients. To find out more, visit peaceofheartllc.com or in Florida, 
Call 941-539-1727. Again, that's peaceofheartllc.com. Or call 941-539-1727. Peace of Heart LLC. Managing emotions for a healthier lifestyle. We're on the pulse of the world with great shows and hosts. The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel is also on Twitter. We've got ideas to keep you healthy, breaking health news, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Voice AM Health. That's at Voice AM Health. You are tuned into Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. If you would like to reach the show today, Please call into 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Patel at drv4kids at yahoo.com. That's Dr. V, the number four, kids at yahoo.com. Now, back to Perspectives. Welcome back to Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel, and I'm here in conversation with Dr. Shilpa Saxena, a family practice physician, an educator, and a functional integrative medicine specialist. So, um, Dr. Saxena, you were just uh, telling us about your own personal journey in in coming to this place where you are today. So, if you could finish, I had to interrupt you, unfortunately. Yes, no problem. So as I was in my early 30s, you know, having been diagnosed with five to six diseases, I just was almost relegated to thinking, well, this is just what it is. This is what my genes have created for me. I very much took the accepted, like, I'm the victim. This is, I can't do anything about it. And I thought, how blessed am I to be a physician that at least I can track it well and use the medications more strategically. When my patients started opening my eyes to the possibility that you can actually reverse the disease, that there is some other cause besides your genes, that was the the jaw-dropping aha for me. And, And it made sense to me because, you know, There was a part of me that I quietened when I went through my allopathic medical training. You see, I grew up in a very traditional Indian home. My grandmother had kind of uh, old village remedies is what I thought I was, you know, being given with turmeric or with ginger, yogurt. and, And I just, you know, in my, and I will say it right out loud that there's a snobbery in Western science that will say like, oh, there's no evidence behind those things. And yet my good judgment told me, yeah, but whenever I did those things, my sore throat (laughs) did feel better or I did actually get better from the infection. So when I heard this possibility of reversing or reducing the effect of disease by looking at the cause, it, it really awoke that past upbringing of mine and really reminded me how much I did admire my grandmother and her wisdom, even though by the Western eye, she was an uneducated, you know, uh, village woman. And so what I started to do is this deep inquiry into this model and it just, there was so much science behind it. It's just that right now the culture doesn't support 
people and the system taking a root cause approach because it's so almost like ingrained and the ship is so dead set on the course of you have this disease, here's the pharmaceutical, let's just hope the side effects and the complications are not terrible for you with no sense that you can actually reverse it by looking at choices you're making today. So we're kind of denying in many ways the hugely expounded science of epigenetics, which says that the choices we make every single day with you know, how we eat, how we move, how we manage our stress, and how we sleep will 80% of the time correct or reduce a chronic illness like diabetes or autoimmunity or allergies or infertility. I mean, it's just amazing what those simple pillars can do for us. That is amazing, and and you're talking about your childhood and your upbringing brings to mind mine as well, and definitely remedies of things I didn't necessarily want to take, but when I did, with the ginger and the turmeric and the honey, um, it made a difference. Um, but I think we were all sort of culturally brought up to believe that those were the old ways and probably not as good as the current ways. Exactly. And I think the allopathic model does have some degree of snobbery um, about the science. And, you know, my scientist aspect of my brain said uh, there can't just be one language of healing and there can't be this tradition that's been around for thousands of years that, you know, in general, we think Indians and uh, Chinese uh, people are relatively intelligent. Why would they keep a, a healing modality around for thousands of years if it didn't have any merit? So I think you know those types of open-minded uh, questions and inquiries as a scientist, we all need to be uh, brave enough to ask. Well, and culturally speaking, it's actually quite interesting because there are so many um, Indians who encourage their children and grandchildren to go into the field of allopathic medicine and yet at so professionally they do that and yet at home they encourage the other the other remedies and the other lifestyle choices so it in a way it's almost a a contradiction or a conflict um and i don't know did you did you feel any of that um i know you said you suppressed some of it when you were in medical school but did you feel any of that at any other point in your life? Yeah, I think that there was there's this culture in medical training that really uh, has you buy into a certain way of thinking and excluding anything that isn't quote unquote evidence based. But the assumption there is that evidence based medicine is the only way of gaining truth. So I think that society at large is seeing more and more. I mean, I have many patients who are come from farming backgrounds here in rural Florida, and they will just as much have these ahas like, oh, my grandmother used to say that all the time, and she lived to be 95 and, you know, died in her sleep peacefully. And so I think many people are now questioning, um, not that allopathic science has no or purpose, but that it's not complete. And what 
functional medicine really tries to do is take the allopathic model and bridge the gaps that it has. It's not trying to replace it. It's trying to say, listen, if you're having a heart attack, we really don't recommend turmeric or ginger (laughs) or honey. You know, you need to go to a hospital, and this is where pills and procedures were really designed to save lives. And pills and procedures are okay to mitigate effects, but they're not the best solution to reverse the effects. And so functional medicine picks up where allopathic medicine, you know, leaves off and says, let's figure out why someone has autoimmune, you know, rheumatoid arthritis. Not just, oh, this is what it's called and here's the drug of choice. And to also say that this individualized and personalized approach which is, like you said, one person's depression needs to be handled very differently than another person's depression, and it's not because they have the same root cause. And so what we know in functional medicine is, is that the answer is not in the pill, it's in the person. The, the behavior modification, the coaching, the, the self-efficacy that a patient believes that they have the ability to change and make decisions that then promote health, the sense of self-empowerment, which needs to be brought in to the allopathic space because, I mean, even allopaths would agree that things like diabetes, high blood pressure, obesity, heart disease would be so much better if we as allopaths knew how to partner with our patients and help them change behavior, lifestyle behavior. So that actually leads me into the question for you about treatment. What what does it look like when a patient comes into your office? How does the process work? So a patient, when they see a functional medicine provider uh, with someone like myself, would do a much more expounded history. So we actually start, I start my history taking with the mother's health status while she was pregnant with my patient because we know that those influences determine which genes get turned on and turned off. So if I had a mother who smoked or was, you know, if a a child was the byproduct of a rape, there's a different epigenetic signal going on from the get-go. We go through a birth history to understand if they were born vaginally, they probably had to set up for a good microbiome, and if they were um, breastfed, even better, but that if they didn't, now they're already set up for allergies and A to P and autoimmunity, and we go through life looking at the physical, social, um, psychological uh, supporters slash kind of inhibitors of good health, and then we culminate to say, okay, and now this is what it looks like today. But when we go through that whole timeline, as we call it, I Uh can easily say like, oh, in your first 10 years of life, your microbiome had um, some significant stressors, and so I need to fix that with you. Or somebody else, I would say, oh, your hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis was very overused with chronic stress in an abusive home with a father that was not present. So then we would work on what kinds of physical lifestyle choices or what kinds of evidence-based dietary supplements would be useful to create balance back in that HPA axis or balance back in the microbiome. And the goal is not to treat the effects so much as it is to bring the microbiome or the HPA axis back into balance, and then the body then self-heals. 
All we have to do is put the pieces back in order, and then the, the magic of the body's ability and wisdom to heal itself just goes into effect. So how does that happen from, if you can explain it a little bit further, maybe in terms of, because I know that the impact of the mother's experience um, on a child um, in utero has a huge impact on their on their mental health um, in later years. It used to be that yeah. birth to three or birth to five were the critical factors with um, mental health, but now we know that the in utero experience is equally important. But uh, physically, biologically, knowing whatever uh, has happened, how how does the body self heal? I'm. It's just hard to imagine. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so let me give my example. So, for instance, I was um, born, I was the firstborn to an immigrant mother, so she was a little stressed uh, because she didn't have any family support being here in America, and, you know, everything was new, so I was, I was uh, born to a, a likely chronically stressed mom. She didn't smoke or drink, and, you know, I was born vaginally. I was not breastfed because it was, the, it was not in vogue to breastfeed when I was born, um, I developed allergies, and I drank a lot of milk because that was kind of the the promotion. Milk is good, you know. So uh, very early in life, I knew that my microbiome was off. So therapeutically, what what I what had happened for me, I should say, let me back up, was I developed food sensitivities and food allergies that I did not know about. I did okay. recognize that whenever I had ice cream, I seemed to wheeze more at night. But, you know, I'm not going to stop eating ice cream because I wasn't dead. So it wasn't bad <laughs> enough, it seems to me. You know, and that's how many people do it. They're like, well, it's not killing me, so it can't be that bad. Right. So when, when I did my own functional medicine timeline, like we're encouraged to do when we're doing our education, I realized my microbiome was off. So I did what was has been shown in the, the literature um, to help identify food reactions. It's called an elimination diet. So I walked myself through a four-week elimination diet, and at the end of it, much to my dismay at the time, I found that I was sensitive and allergic to gluten or wheat, which was in everything I was eating. Even though I was eating the whole wheat and low-carb version of it, I was still having this food trigger in my life. And what's interesting is, is on August 15th, 2008, I, I remember the date, I had gone to an allergist who did the skin prick testing for both environmental and foods, and she said, you're allergic to wheat or gluten. And I said, no, I eat that every day, so that can't be it. And she says, well, there's sometimes false positives, and I'm like, yeah, that must be it. Where it's probably psychologically, I did not want to hear that. I was almost like plugging my ears going, la, 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 because right. I didn't want to hear it. Uh, which is what many of us do when we're told, like, oh, you need to exercise or you need to eat less fast food. So it wasn't until January 1st, 2009, that I became more of a scientist versus, you know, who I was being on August 15th, 2008. And I said, let me just play this out. Let me just, you know, for poops and giggles, let me just stop this 100% for two weeks and see what happens. And so, my goodness, in two weeks, I stopped snoring. Um, I didn't have my, like, post-nasal drip. My skin was less itchy. I wasn't bloated. I wasn't constipated. And I thought, oh, darn, this is going to be real. So I played it out for another four weeks. 
And I can't tell you how good I felt, even though I never thought I felt that bad before. So at six weeks, as fate would have it, I was in New York City where I was born, and I have a nostalgic attachment to New York style cheese pizza. And so I thought, oh, I bet you the reason why I feel so much better is because, you know, the pollen was less in January, and so that's why I'm better. So I decided to have two slices of cheese pizza, and my goodness, within 12 hours, I had the return of all the symptoms that had gone away in six weeks, and it took me five days to recover from all the snot and the constipation and the malaise and the snoring, because I, then I decided, oh, this feels miserable, let me stop it again. And, and of course I got better when I stopped it again. So as a scientist, I would reintroduce cheese pizza every three months just to see. And what I found, lo and behold, was I kept getting better and better with my reactions, but it seemed like the more I stayed away from gluten, the more my diseases seemed to go away. And so I, as a PCOS patient, never had regular menses since day one. And from when I eliminated gluten and wheat, I've had regular menses ever since. So I no longer have PCOS. I'm no longer pre-diabetic. No, I'm not using an inhaler ever since that day. Um, I just am so much better. So now my big girl decision is, well, do you want your trigger or do you, and, and your disease or do you want to avoid your triggers and feel well? That's an amazing story. And I'm going to... Um, just stop for a minute there we're going to head for a short commercial break so don't go away we'll be right back to talk some more about how we can look at our health from a holistic perspective with Dr. Shilpa Saxena so we'll be right back if you think you've seen online TV before let us surprise you voiceamerica.tv is online now the leader in live internet talk radio has done it again multiple channels a state of the art viewing experience live and on demand programs streaming 24 hours a day it's exactly what you want when you want it voiceamerica.tv from health and wellness to business sports and everything in between discover our new world visit voiceamerica.tv now and experience the future of online television voiceamerica.tv The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Dr. Vadisha Patel is a licensed mental health counselor working at Peace of Heart LLC in Sarasota, Florida. Peace of Heart offers individual counseling with children and adults, as well as programs in stress reduction. Dr. Patel utilizes a relationship-based approach to treatment. She is currently accepting new patients. To find out more, visit peaceofheartllc.com or in Florida, 
Call 941-539-1727. Again, that's peaceofheartllc.com or call 941-539-1727. Peace of Heart LLC, managing emotions for a healthier lifestyle. We're on the pulse of the world with great shows and hosts. The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel is also on Twitter. We've got ideas to keep you healthy, breaking health news, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Voice AM Health. That's at Voice AM Health. You are tuned into Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. If you would like to reach the show today, please call into 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Patel at drv4kids at yahoo.com. That's Dr. V, the number four, kids at yahoo.com. Now, back to Perspectives. Welcome back to the last segment of our show today. You're listening to Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel. Please get in touch via email to drv4kids at yahoo.com or contact me through my website, which is peaceofheartllc.com. I would love to hear your questions or comments. I'm here with Dr. Shilpa Saxena, and we're talking about functional integrative medicine and a holistic approach to wellness, and we're now going to talk about some specific programs that Dr. Saxena offers. Um, First of all, I'd like to ask you if you could tell us a little bit about the kinds of issues you can treat in your practice. So in my personal private practice, we treat so many kinds of conditions that you might see an allopathic doctor for. So it might be the traditional like weight, diabetes, cholesterol, blood pressure type of thing, or it might be the very common gastrointestinal symptoms like IBS or the autoimmune conditions. You know, there's a whole list of autoimmune diagnoses like rheumatoid arthritis. Also, food allergies is a big one, Um, hormone disorders are another common thing that people come see us for. So basically, anything that has been going on for months and years, we call a chronic disease. And usually, functional medicine has a wonderful methodology to look at the cause of the problem in order to reverse it or reduce it. And what is the time frame? I'm sure it's different for every every disease and every person. But is there a rough time frame? Is it longer than through the allopathic, purely allopathic process? Or is it even possible to answer that question? Uh, it is, actually. Many of, many of my patients, when we do a timeline analysis, you know, we go and address the, the obvious root causes first. And many of the times, we'll see major uh, change at least within three months for most of my patients within four to six weeks using uh, one of the programs that kind of incorporates some of the core principles of functional medicine. So we're really trying to, when we ask people to change behavior, I completely understand that you've got to get a benefit out to them sooner rather than later because it's very hard to convince someone to do something for a year in the hopes that they might feel better. 
Right. And where does, um, so as you're going through this process, this timeline uh, sort of analysis and everything, do other things crop up? So they come in for one reason and then lots of, uh, do other diseases or perhaps mental health issues, do those come up in between? Do you see that happen often? Absolutely. Uh, and they come up in the sense like they come to awareness. They, they might have always been there, but, you know, if they came in for issues A, B, C, those were the ones that were most um, problematic or most in their way as obstacles. But then as those get better, they're like, oh, by the way, I also have headaches. I didn't tell you that because my constipation was the major issue or my, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, joint stiffness was the bigger issue. So it's not like they were they developed because of what we're doing. It's that because we make the other more problematic symptoms, conditions disappear slash reduce, new ones come into awareness that, again, we might have to tweak the root cause approach, maybe add a different supplement, but we're always looking for the, the cause-based solution strategy. Okay, and is this... Is this more um, based on supplements or is it more based on behavior modification or is it, wh what is the split between how it? Sure. I would say that supplements will never correct for a poor lifestyle. So at the base of any good functional medicine doctor's program has to be a solid lifestyle medicine prescription, meaning which foods are specifically good for you to take or not eat, um, what activity level and type would be good for you and your condition, and looking at stress management. Now, that can be blown up in a, a variety of different ways, but we all know that 80 to 90% of chronic disease is made worse by having a, a stressed disposition. And then sleep is another one of those variables that people under- um, prioritize, so we give sleep prescriptions. And so when we give this lifestyle medicine prescription, we then have to accompany it with some behavior modification support through coaching and therapeutic partnerships. And then we use supplements as needed to make up the difference. Our goal is maybe in the beginning we need to use them a bit more for symptom control and really reversing the root cause, but once things are balanced, the goal is to be on as few supplements as possible. Okay, that that sounds like a great holistic approach. That's wonderful. So I know that you have a separate um, website called rewriteme.com where you have a variety of courses that you offer. Um, can you talk a little bit about those? Because I think they target specific categories of illness or, um, yeah, basically chronic illness. Yes. So this Rewrite Me uh, platform was built out of a desire to make functional medicine more available to the masses. I am faculty and I'm doing my best to teach many doctors. That, I mean, that our interest in allopathic physicians and this is increasing very quickly, but it will take time for the for the ship to change course. So in the meantime, I've created courses for, for people, consumers directly, 
And they're on the rewriteme.com website, which just incidentally is spelled R-E-R-I-G-H-T, me.com. And the course that has the most impact and I use most often with my patients is called Rewrite Me Clean. And that is exactly what I was mentioning that I did for my own personal um, medical issues, but what I do for, I would say, 90% of my patients. And there is some personalization opportunities within the course. And uh-huh. this is really, you know, we use the word detox because these are words that people recognize, but it's so much more than that. It's about reducing inflammation, getting rid of toxins, and doing it in a way that is therapeutic and not harsh to the body and with very supportive, you know, nourishing supplements. The Rewrite My Concussion course is for something that's probably near and dear to your heart, which is brain health, especially in our young children and especially in those who are playing sports because... There is so much developing science about the impact, literally and figuratively, of traumatic brain injury. And many people think like, oh, my child didn't lose consciousness, so they've not had a concussion. But I would tell you that there is uh, a lot of research that points to kind of these minor, subtle, chronic head injuries that kids get playing a multitude of sports and it affecting mood, behavior, cognition, you know, coordination, and not just for sports, but for academics as well. So my daughters are both varsity soccer players. Uh, them being Indian, they're not the biggest girls on the field uh, most <laughs> of the time. So they get, they get slapped around a lot and they fall on the floor a lot. And so as a functional medicine mother, I was thinking there's got to be something I can do to protect their little brains while they're getting all the benefits out of playing soccer you know, the social and the physical. So that course, I would encourage any mother or father of a child athlete to consider, or if an adult is quite active, you know, as a mountain biker or, you know, many adults still take karate, anything that, you know, they bang their head every now and then. Because you'd be surprised that if you can get your brain inflammation down, how many things improve in the physical body. Because so the gut-brain connection is key. Um, is, that, it is, um, is that a preventive course, or is it if you've had a concussion? What I would tell you is, is it's useful for most everyone uh, because uh, it's useful for most every child who plays a sport, whether or not they've had concussion. Because here's the beautiful thing in the course. It gives a prevention strategy knowing that the child is at higher risk, what you can do to keep that brain uninflamed so that if and when some sort of brain impact occurs, the brain is going to be more resilient in the face of that impact and not cause long-term issues. So, for instance, did you know that one-third of the um, children that have had concussions continue to have concussion-related brain inflammation more than one month out, which leads to behavior issues, mood issues, attention issues. One-third of them wow, still have very ongoing high. brain inflammation. One-third. And another factoid is that female athletes develop concussive-related brain inflammation 
two to three times higher rates than their male counterparts because of their unique hormone and hormones and neck anatomy. Wow. That's so that's striking. It's it's I mean, when I really did the research, uh, I was floored by what we could be doing versus waiting for a child to get a concussion and then going through the protocol. That's a post-concussion protocol. So I recommend this course for any child playing most any sport. And if they're not even playing a sport, they're still out on their bicycle, hopefully, or, you know, they still hit their head on cabinets. Uh, You know, what person do you know who's not hit their head ever in their life? Right. So do you have any small tips that you could tell us that are preventive or examples of what types of things are covered in that course for the preventive portion? Absolutely. So one of the things I delve into is the nutrition for brain health. Many of the things, for example, uh, we talk about the difference between omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. These are different kinds of fats, and I help Parents understand that many of the foods we might be using to kind of bulk up your your child athlete or give them protein, for example, chicken, uh, is an omega-6, which slants towards brain inflammation. So I'm not saying not to give chicken. I'm just saying if you're going to give chicken, why don't I tell you about the benefits of salmon as an omega-3 fatty acid to help counterbalance that or how else you can get omega-3 fatty acids in the diet, or what other things you can be doing to reduce brain inflammation in terms of exercising. Um, just the course, the concussion course is kind of a short, sweet course, but we always mm-hmm. have a private Facebook community whenever you buy the course so that you can ask your questions that are more personal to your child. Um, and the same thing with the Rewrite Me Clean. That's a more in-depth course because it's really a reboot, if you will, But we use the Rewrite Me Clean course for many individuals with kind of brain fog, fatigue, kind of that nonspecific blah feeling, that nonspecific, I've got extra weight and I can't lose it, but I know it kind of contributes to me feeling unwell. So who do you recommend the Rewrite Me Clean? Is it, you talked about people with brain fog and just general malaise, but is it in terms of ages? Is it all ages or... Is it limited? I would say that the the Rewrite Me Clean, we're looking at larger teenagers, so probably age 15 and above. Um, We use it for uh, all adults except those that are pregnant or nursing, uh, those who wish to um, conceive. Because, you see, when you're cleaning out the body, you do not want to be cleaning it out into an unborn fetus or to a newborn or you know, to a fetus that would be generated. Um, right. So that's one major category. The other category of people who would not do it, because everybody else really is a great candidate, would be people who might be in an unstable medical condition, like if they're actively getting chemotherapy or, you know, if they're in the hospital, acutely ill, we don't want to kind of, uh, we want that to get stabilized before you do this. And then two other groups of people, those who take anti-seizure medications and anti-heart rhythm uh, medications, because those um, pharmaceuticals need to be at a certain level all the time. And when we detox, we're cleaning out what the body doesn't think needs to be there. And pharmaceuticals, as far as the body is concerned, is garbage. 
right. not it's not a nutrient. Yeah. So um, we have about um, 30 seconds to a minute left. I was hoping that you could um, just share with our listeners how they can access these courses. These are all online, I believe, and how they can reach you if they have questions or are interested in pursuing this further for themselves. Well, we definitely invite you to go to rewriteme.com because not only do you have access to these courses, but you will help a community-based organization. Right now, we're helping the Glitter Girls. It's a group of girls um, in West Chicago for self-empowerment. But the other place I invite people to come is our Facebook community. And so if you just um, Facebook search my name, Dr. Shilpa Saxena, I do Facebook Lives every single week, 30-minute week, segments on Tuesdays that we record that give plenty of free information and free access to our brains so we can help you achieve real well-being, like a real happy life. That's wonderful. So thank you so much for joining us today on Perspectives. I've been talking to Dr. Shilpa Saxena about functional medicine, a holistic approach to well-being, and looking to reverse illnesses by finding the root causes as opposed to treating only the symptoms. This is Dr. Vidisha Patel, your host for Perspectives, and I look forward to being back with you next week for another edition. So feel free to email me at drv4kids at yahoo.com with any questions or comments, and have a wonderful week. Until next time. Thank you for listening to our program this week. Another edition of Perspectives with Dr. Vidisha Patel can be heard next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, have a lovely week.